0: Welcome to Come Follow Me with Brie, episode 149, Temptation. Hello, I'm so glad you're here. Really quick before we get started, just know that I'm going to post a companion episode that we'll post right before in the list, which are the readings of this week's um, Come Follow Me assignment, which is Matthew chapter 4 and then Luke chapter 4 through 5. Okay, so this week we are going to focus on Matthew chapter 4, talking about Jesus being tempted. Before we get into it, let's read really quick what Matthew chapter 4 says about that experience that Jesus had. Starting in verse 1, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was an afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and sheweth him all the kingdoms of the world and glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Okay. So Jesus was tempted. Now, this has always confused me a little bit because it's it's hard for my mind to grasp that Jesus is perfect and made perfect decisions. And he was sent down as the son of God to save all mankind. And God knew that he would fulfill this destiny. And it's kind of the same question, right? When you think of God knows everything that we are going to do in our life and can see the Past, present, and future, and it's all one to him. It kind of brings up the question of: Do we really have agency, or is it all predestined? And I think my mind gets a little caught up in that with Jesus too, where I'm like, God knows that He's going to die for the sins of the world and atone. And so, did Jesus ever have a, have a choice? Could He make wrong decisions? Brigham Young said this of agency. He says, this is a law which has always existed from all eternity and will continue to exist throughout all eternities to come. Every intelligent being must have the power of choice. Okay, so every intelligent being, that includes Jesus Christ. He had the power of choice. Now, I just re-recorded this next part because I used a source that uh, it was on str.org and it's called Stand to Reason, Clear Thinking Christianity. And it was a quote from Alan Shemlon. And I read it and I think I'm getting better at this, but I read it and I just didn't feel quite right about it because there are a couple of things in it that I'm like, uh, I don't know if that like perfectly is accurate doctrine. And so I, of course, don't want to share things like that. But I kind of want to share. I wanted to share the source because that's where I got got the idea for my next thoughts. Um, but the question that uh, Mr. Shemlon was was addressing was, was Jesus really tempted if he couldn't sin? And I think the question is kind of flawed in the first place because we don't believe he could not sin or agency doesn't exist, right? He must have had agency. It must have been possible for him to sin. So therefore it's also possible for him to be tempted. And he talks about the dual nature of Jesus Christ, that he is both divine and mortal. He had both A mortal mother in Mary and a divine father in Heavenly Father, an actual physical, biological father, was God himself. Now, the fact that Jesus was born with a mortal body in a a technically fallen state reinforces our article of faith that says man will be punished for his own sins and not for Adam's transgression. We don't believe in original sin. We don't believe that when a baby is born, they are automatically guilty of sin. Because if that were true, then Jesus was already doomed at the beginning. But he was born with a human body and human needs and the ability to be tempted. We even see in the Garden of Gethsemane that he has a will that is different from what the Father wants him to do. He says, if it's possible, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He, his own human will, wanted something different than what the Father wanted. We're going to come back to this kind of toward the end and complete the line of thought that I have going on in my head, but I want to to continue and talk about a few other things first before we continue with that. Robert D. Hills said, throughout his life, our Savior showed us how to use our agency As a boy in Jerusalem, he deliberately chose to be about his father's business. In his ministry, he obediently chose to do the will of his father. In Gethsemane, he chose to suffer all things, saying, Not my will, but thine be done, which is what we just talked about. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. On the cross, he chose to love his enemies, praying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then, so he could finally demonstrate that he was choosing for himself, he was left alone. Father, why hast thou forsaken me? And isn't that interesting? I haven't ever thought about a purpose behind the father withdrawing his presence. It was, according to Elder Hales, to finally demonstrate that he was choosing for himself he was left alone. Continuing with Elder Hales, at last he exercised his agency to act, enduring to the end, until he could say, it is finished. Though he was in all points tempted like as we are, with every choice and every action, he exercised the agency to be our Savior, to break the chains of sin and death for us. And by his perfect life, he taught us that when we choose to do the will of our Heavenly Father, our agency is preserved, our opportunities increase, and we progress. Okay, now that we've established that Jesus definitely had agency and the ability to be tempted as a mortal man, I want to shift and talk a little bit about resurrection and what role that agency played in Christ's ability to be resurrected, to take up his own body and become perfected and thereby opening that door for all of us. Robert J. Matthew of the BYU religious studies center said the central purpose of Jesus's earthly life was to obtain a body himself and conquer physical and spiritual death for himself and all the world. In order to do that, He had to have power over death, which he received by being the biological son of God and father in the flesh. He had power to lay his body down and he had power to take it up again. Jesus is the only one whom this power has been given while in mortality. Even though he obtained this power by inheritance, he could not have retained and used that power. Here's the agency part. He could not have retained and used that power if he had not obeyed completely the father's plan of redemption. Jesus kept every commandment of his father. He held the Melchizedek priesthood and observed every ordinance of the priesthood pertaining to mortality, including all ordinances of the temple. By taking upon himself the pains, sicknesses, and sins of mankind, he experienced the sorrows of spiritual death. This reached fulfillment in Gethsemane and on Calvary. He thereafter experienced physical death on the cross and was buried in a tomb cut out of a rock just outside the walls of Jerusalem. Okay, so the part that really caught my attention was was when he said he could not have retained that power, that power of being able to take up his physical body and become alive again. He could not have retained that power and used that power if he had not obeyed completely the Father's plan of redemption. So his agency, the perfect use of his agency is what allowed them for him to retain that power inherited from our Heavenly Father. And I found this really cool scripture in Mosiah, and it's when Abinadi is is preaching, and he's talking about the role of the Savior. And it's Mosiah 15, starting in verse 5. And thus the flesh becometh subject to the Spirit, or the Son to the Father, being one God, suffereth temptation, and yieldeth not to temptation, but suffereth himself to be mocked, and scourged, and cast out, and disowned by his people. And after all this, after working many mighty miracles among the children of men, he shall be led, yea, even as Isaiah said, as a sheep before the shearer is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Yea, even so he shall be led, crucified and slain, the flesh becoming subject even unto death, the will of the Son being swallowed up in the will of the Father. And thus God breaketh the bands of death, having gained the victory over death, giving the son power to make intercession for the children of men, having ascended into heaven, having the bowels of mercy being filled with compassion toward the children of men, standing betwixt them and justice, having broken the bands of death, taken upon himself, their iniquity and their transgression, having redeemed them and satisfied the demands of justice. Okay. So some of this gets too deep for my, my mind to comprehend, but I thought it was so interesting to Hear how the previous quote that we read from Robert J. Matthew of the BY Religious Studies Center and how that corresponded to a talking about the Savior's perfect use of his agency and then saying, and thus God breaketh the bands of death. So in some way, the perfect use of Christ's agency is what allowed him to break the bands of death because he allowed his will to be swallowed up in the will of the Father, which is really what we're down here doing. We're figuring out how to do that. He did it perfectly, which is why he was able to play the role that he has played. And we do it not perfectly, which is why we're down here figuring things out and why we need him. Now, going back to my original train of thought that I was I was doing at the beginning, what I'm wondering is, how did God know if Christ had agency, how did God know that he would fulfill that role? Now, there's the the thought or the the fact that God all things are present unto God. So he he knows the past and the present and the future and it's all one to him. And so as he's choosing Jesus, he also can see what's happening, which gets really trippy in my mind, but I'm sure someday it will make sense to all of us. It's just it's too complex, it's too crazy. But when I was thinking about this, I thought of my father-in-law and my father-in-law is a microeconomics professor and he thinks of things in terms of mathematics. And it made me think, is there measurable spiritual strength? And when God was was sending Jesus down to earth to obtain a mortal body, did he know that Christ's spiritual strength overpowered already overpowered that of his what his mortal body would have whereas on the flip side he sends all of us down here knowing that we don't that our spiritual strength doesn't exceed the will of our our natural man that we're not there yet is there some is there some quantifiable measurement that that god was able to just know that his spiritual strength is just stronger than the, the quantifiable strength of who he is going to be as a mortal man. I'm going to say that, that yes, in some way, maybe not exactly how I'm saying it. Maybe I'm sure it could be explained better. But I think aside from the fact that that God can see past, present, and future all at the same time, there must have been something about Christ's spiritual strength that made him the one to be chosen. And, you know, then my mind goes, there's also genetics. We know that genetics affect uh, our temperaments and our intelligence and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And who did Christ have as his biological father? He had God. So probably that gave definitely that gave him some extra strength too. Anyway, just interesting things to think about. So today I'm just going to end on reemphasizing the Garden of Gethsemane. Christ's atonement was the greatest evidence of Christ's agency. Luke 22, verse 42. Father, if Thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but Thine be done. He used His agency to choose the will of the Father, and He used His agency because He knew that You needed Him. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.